This podcast is presented by Regions Bank. You're chasing your goals, and it's up to you how you want to get there. Let Regions Bank coach you with financial tips that fit your everyday grind. Visit regions.com slash next hyphen step to learn more. Regions, member FDIC. Welcome to the Super Bowl edition, the AP Top 25 College Football Podcast. I'm Rob Motti, AP Pro Football Writer based in Philadelphia. Ralph Russo will be back this week and throughout the offseason for the College Football Podcast. The Kansas City Chiefs are Super Bowl champs for the first time in 50 years. Patrick Mahomes led the Chiefs to another comeback from another double-digit deficit, three in a row in the postseason, and they beat the San Francisco 49ers 31-20 Sunday night at Hard Rock Stadium Andy Reid finally got his first Super Bowl title as a head coach. Took him 21 years, two tries, and two teams, but Andy will get his ring now. AP Pro Football Writers Teresa Walker from Nashville and Dennis Wazak from New York were among the AP team with me covering the big game, and we'll get their thoughts coming right up. Dennis and Teresa, thank you so much for joining me. Dennis, let me start with you because you wrote about the Super Bowl MVP, Patrick Mahomes, who for three quarters looked ordinary, and then he turned magical again. What stood out to you about his performance and his resilience? You know, Rob, when you look at his overall numbers, you know, he was 26 of 42, two touchdowns, two interceptions. That doesn't jump out at you. But what he did in the last seven minutes of that game that was MVP performance right there. The way he led that team back on, you know, three consecutive drives that they scored touchdowns on. And, uh, you know, just what we saw from him in that stretch is what you expected to see the entire game and what we've seen the last two seasons uh, from him. And, and uh, you know, it, it, you looked at what the 49ers were doing and you thought, all right, maybe Garoppolo would be an MVP, you know, um, Debo Samuel. But what he did, what Patrick Mahomes did for the Chiefs, that was the MVP right there. It, to me, the difference in this game was you had an elite quarterback, a Super Bowl caliber winning quarterback in Patrick Mahomes who could put the team on his back and lead them to victory. And on the other side, you had, and I hate this term, guys, but Jimmy Garoppolo, for me, is a game manager. And I hate using that term. But when you look at Kyle Shanahan tied at halftime, getting the ball and then being content to run out the clock and then being forced to run a play because Andy Reid called a timeout, he, to me, he didn't have any confidence. You're in a Super Bowl. you got to match up against a dynamic offense. you got to score as much as you possibly can. You have the ball. There's time on the clock. He had no faith or confidence in Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, I mean, that that was what really stood out. You know, you, you're in that position, and you have a guy who uh, the franchise clearly believes is their future as, in, as far as their quarterback, and, I mean, put it in his hands. Let, you know, let him try to get that, you know, shot down the field right before the half. And then you get the ball right back. I mean, let's go, you know, <laughs> let's, let's like toss the ball around. But it was weird how it all played out in the playoffs where they didn't throw exactly. a lot. And you just wonder, like, what was going on there? It seems 
What did he throw? Nineteen passes. It was eight in the AFC, uh, eight in the NFC Championship game. He threw, and I believe he had like eleven completions in the uh, game against Minnesota. So he wasn't he wasn't playoff tested, and they relied on Raheem Mostert and the running game, which was dynamic, which was incredible, which was smash mouth, exotic, all that stuff. And they come out yesterday, and Debo Samuel's running the ball. He's their best running back as a wide receiver. He's doing everything, and. When it was finally an opportunity, hey, Jimmy, you, you got to win this game, he couldn't do it. Yeah, and the thing is, when, when you look at what he was doing early on in this game, he was very efficient. His yeah. numbers were really good. They, they looked Oh, At like one a point, guy. he was 17 for 20, and I turned to you and I said, there you go, there's your Super Bowl MVP. Probably start writing that now because you're writing about the MVP. Right. And, and and then we start thinking, hey, maybe it could be Debo Samuel, and obviously it flipped. Right, and it, it's funny. As you know, I was writing that story. I had 500 words on Jimmy Garoppolo until Patrick Mahomes took over. You know what? People don't understand how difficult it is to be writing on deadlines sometimes. They think we're out there and we're just having fun. We're enjoying the game. <laughs> you had, and, and Teresa, I don't know if you heard this story, but Dennis, share it with the audience because they'll enjoy this. You had somewhat of a uh, a little snafu there at the end because you got to write your story. The MVP's announced. You have everything written, two different stories ready to go because that's what kind of professional you are. And then what? And then uh, the story disappeared. Uh, we had a problem with the <laughs> both stories, I, I might add, because I had them stacked on top of each other. But, uh, yeah, we, we had a little uh, technical problem, and I had to, uh, had to take a timeout. Call an audible at the line, so to speak, and uh, gather myself and uh, reconstruct that MVP story. He was Joe Cool. He was cool, calm, collected like Joe Montana. Teresa, even the Associated Press, right? Even the AP has some technical glitches sometimes, but Dennis came through. He pulled out that story. It was fabulous. That's a challenge. We've all had those moments. I've had moments where I wanted to pitch my laptop and out the window of a press box, and you can't do that. So, to, and that's the sometimes the best writing comes when you're having to completely rewrite what you just wrote. This is true. Yeah, this is true. We were talking about Patrick Mahomes, and uh, before we started, with some of the throws he made that were exceptional. Like Patrick Mahomes, he I don't think there's a throw he doesn't think he can make, and that's what makes him dangerous sometimes because cornerbacks in the secondary safeties are going to that guy can't do that he's not going to try it maybe they cheat this way maybe they do that and then he makes that throw what stood out to you well the third and 15 throw uh because and according to next gen stats give them the credit it was a 44 yard completion but it traveled 57.1 yards in the air his longest completed pass by distance this season effortless too yes and and here's the thing i've had people say oh uh, he underthrew it well he was under pressure i mean he stayed in as long as he could before he let that ball go he took a hit and yes Tyreek Hill helped him out coming back for the ball but you know that's what receivers do that's what makes a quarterback really good is when his receivers can help him out because every pass will not be perfect it's impossible at this level and yet they know that he can get him the ball as long as they keep working and give him a chance to find them and that's what we saw in that fourth quarter. What was the most surprising aspect of that game for you? Because I, I thought the, the, the game started out with both teams trying to feel each other out a little bit. They, they were trying to maybe even set each other up for later in the game. And at no point did I really think, hey, we've seen the Chiefs come back down 24, down 10 twice uh, in the AFC Championship game. And, and at no point did I think they're completely out of this. But once we got to the fourth quarter and that defense and Bosa and they're going strong, I'm like, 
hey, this could be a different story, and then it turned around. What was most surprising for you? Uh, the, the rough start for kind of early for both teams. I mean, it felt like the nerves got to, you know, Mahomes is still young. Yeah. I mean, as incredible as he is, he's still young. And while Jimmy G may have two Super Bowl rings, he was the backup. So, you know. And, he was holding the clipboard for Tom Brady. Exactly. And and think about this, though. If uh, – if, uh, Kittle isn't called for offensive pass interference there oh, at the yeah. end of the first half, then maybe they have at least a field goal or something. Instead, we're talking today about how Shanahan, you know, shoot, John Lynch was signaling for a timeout in, in his box. And Is that right? Yes. I saw, uh, yeah, I saw clips of that on Twitter. People wow. had screenshotted that and, and had that. So, you know, the GM wanted a timeout. The coach didn't take it. And wow. but instead, we're, you know, because of that, we're talking today about how, you know, Garoppolo, think about this. The third and 15 pass that Mahomes made, Garoppolo had a third and 10, overthrew his target, and, and if, if they score there, then... The one you're talking about, the Sanders? Yes. When they had the opportunity. I mean, what, he, he would have been a touchdown his, if he hits him. He was behind the secondary and, and overthrew him, and, and I thought, like, here's... Right there is the defining moment in this game. Because exactly. you have the one guy who can make these plays and the other one who hasn't been able to make these plays. Dennis, when, when you look at the defensive side for San Francisco, Richard Sherman got beat a couple times, and, and yeah. it, it looked like, to me, he, he even got beat on one play by Sammy Watkins where he held him, and Sammy still swung yeah. by and got through and went down there. Uh, are, are we seeing potentially on the world's biggest stage – the decline. He's been around for such a long time, and he's been one of the best, if not uh, the best, in the game at certain points of his career. Are we finally seeing maybe the decline of Richard Sherman? Yeah, I mean, it's possible because he's been around, like you said, for a long time. And uh, I covered Darrell Revis for you know most of his career. <laughs> they had the a Jets. little back and forth, huh? Yeah, yeah, they, they sure did. And, um, you know, I saw how Darrell Revis, you know, declined at the end of his career and you started seeing those type of plays, you know, you start because at one time Revis was, you know, he was on, he was the Island. Island. Yeah. Yeah, And um, nobody could get anything against him. And um, then you started seeing plays just like that one against Richard Sherman. So yeah, you might be seeing a little bit and you talk about surprising things. That was probably one of the more surprising things, how they were able to beat, Richard Sherman, because you thought like, okay, you know, he'll take care of that side. And he even said after the game, I didn't play well. I I need to do better. I will. So, you know, we'll see. I, but that was surprising to me. And the San Francisco's run game that was so dominant that really carried them had a tough time getting going, and I think you got to give credit. You're familiar with Steve Spagnola over there in New York, and he was the Giants' defensive coordinator when they beat Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, and the Patriots. You got to give Spag some credit. He really put together a, a really good defensive scheme to shut down, or or not really shut down, but contain that run game. Yeah, and one of the the things that people will point to in terms of the Chiefs getting to this point was the change that Andy Reid made by moving on from Bob Sutton yeah. and bringing in Steve Spagnuolo. And you you really did. You heard all about the San Francisco defense right. coming in, but really the Kansas City defense stepped up when, the, when it needed to um, in that, that second half because that 49ers offense couldn't do anything. And, and like you said, that run game, there's another aspect where, I mean, it, you figured Mostert or Coleman or even Debo Samuel – but they had to go away from that, and it forced Jimmy Garoppolo to have to try to make plays that he couldn't make, and that was the swing point. 
And, and that's the problem. When Jimmy Garoppolo, to me, when he's forced to win the game, he still hasn't proven that he can. I know there was a New Orleans game, and, and that was a, a great game for him, and George Kittle had that play and all that. And we'll see. But, Teresa, let's talk about Kyle Shanahan because now he's had two kind of two big-time meltdowns in the Super Bowl. One is the offensive coordinator of the Atlanta Falcons a few years ago when they had the 28-3 lead against the Patriots, and they just couldn't add any more points, couldn't run off, run out the clock and win that game, and we had the historic comeback by the Patriots. And now yesterday they have a 10-point lead with nine minutes left in the fourth quarter. How long do you think this haunts Kyle Shanahan and tarnishes from his reputation as this mastermind? It hangs over him until he proves that he can actually – score points, coach, and call the right plays in the fourth quarter and hold on to a lead and win a Super Bowl. I mean, that's the thing. Look at, you know, Andy Reid finally kind of shed, you know, probably an unfair title of, you know, the guy who couldn't win a Super Bowl or win that big game, and he finally won it. Well, Shanahan has had a couple of fourth quarter meltdowns. I mean, in Houston in Super Bowl 51 against the Pats, you know, when Julio Jones makes that big catch down the sideline, it was just a matter of maybe get a first down, kick a field goal, you're done, you're celebrating and lifting the trophy and yet there's a sack and then they get out of field goal range and then the next thing you know history is made by the Pats so last night it was Patrick Mahomes making the history with the Chiefs so until they do until he can find a way to to call the plays to to put his guys in position and and it's not easy I mean last night Andy Reid went for it on fourth down twice early and got both of them you know you have to have that it's a line walking being aggressive enough to get the points uh, but not putting your team in a position to, to lose yardage and lose points and lose a game. Well, let's talk about Andy Reid, Teresa, because as you said, he finally shed that label of a guy who can't win the big one. Uh, I covered his entire career in Philadelphia, and he was he got there the one time against the Patriots, and it was it was ironic that yesterday at the same point you look up and they're down 10, and the Chiefs are down 10, and the Eagles 15 years ago, Andy's Eagles were down 10 points in the fourth quarter with Donovan McNabb and they weren't running the hurry up offense and every it was excruciating to watch and people are going why are they taking so much time do they think they're in the third quarter I think that whoever the announcers were at the time even brought that up and they finally scored a touchdown and had an onside kick because it was just a minute left in the game or somewhere around there yesterday was a little bit different in that Mahomes and I think for me the difference is the quarterbacks Mahomes and McNabb It, it really we put all the pressure and all the blame oftentimes on the play caller and the head coach here's the difference for Andy Reid he has Patrick Mahomes who is although he's early in his career what is he in now his his third full season as as the starting quarterback and and he watched Alex Smith for the his rookie year he's already better than Donovan McNabb he's already a Super Bowl MVP he's already been an MVP and I thought win or lose yesterday he was able to do that but as far as Andy a lot of people thought he needed to win this game to cement his Hall of Fame status. Did you think he had to win this game? Now I think it's unquestionable. He's a Hall of Famer. But had he lost this one, where do you think the voters would have gone? I would hope that the voters would have recognized the length of his career and the fact that he got two different franchises to Super Bowls, which is not an easy thing to do, uh, and, and the wins. I mean, it's the man had the wins. He had the resume, but let's face it, we're, we are swayed by rings. Yeah. You know, but, you know, Dan Marino, I'm a reformed Dolphins fan, and Dan Marino got into the Hall of Fame despite <laughs> never winning a ring. So, But for coaches, it is a high bar. I, I covered Jeff Fisher for a big chunk of his career, and he's known as Coach Ocho 
Ocho. You know, he had a five-year stretch. It was among the best in the NFL, but and he's among the the winningest coaches at a certain you know with his total record. But people like to look at the losses, so it's too easy in this society to nitpick. But mm. uh, and and that's the challenge. I I think he would have you know I think he'll someday hear his name called. But and as much as he insisted last night that that wasn't the uppermost thought in his mind it feels much better to say that when you have a, a championship in your hand. Yeah, and I had to ask him that question about his legacy, and he was as humble as can be. But that's Andy Reid. That's the guy I know. It's never about him. It's always about the team. And I, I just got this sense, Dennis, I got this sense that the players really recognize the importance of it because I have never heard a team talk about and they love their head coach. I've never yeah. heard a team talk so fondly or so talking about how badly they wanted to win a game for their head coach. That love is real, but that to me was you've covered a lot of Super Bowls. Have you ever been around anything like that? I don't think so. No, I mean not any of the teams that that I've been around um yeah, you, you heard it. You heard a little bit of it during the week, but definitely after the game last night, you just heard after all the praise of Mahomes and his performance where guys were saying, hey, you know, anything's possible with this with this guy. You know, I, he's the quarterback I want. But you also heard, you know, this was our leader, Andy Reid. Yeah. We won it. You know, he helped us win this. You know, we did it for him and that kind of thing. I don't know if you guys heard this morning at the press conference, Andy Reid was asked, hey, uh, did you sleep with the Super Bowl trophy? And he said, he laughed and kind of said, no, um, I slept with my trophy wife. So, you know, it's those kind of things. He's so cool. That's great, man. Yeah. He's he's, uh, just a humble, good, you know, good guy you yeah know, so. and, he, and he's been through so much losing his yeah. son in in philly his son garrett and you know he gets a lot philly back home for me because everybody knows i'm based in philly the the sentiment was split there were people who still hold it against him because there's people like that who still hold it oh he never won a super bowl for us well he put the team on the map he took a team that was a laughing stock franchise in philadelphia he came from Green Bay. It was that six-inch thick binder that got Jeffrey Lurie and Joe Banner to go, this guy is really meticulous. He's ready to be a head coach. Nobody knew about him. I wrote about this uh, overnight about the fact that they greeted him in Philly with a headline on a newspaper. Uh, I forget which one. It said Andy Who the day he was hired. Well, nobody's nobody's going to forget his name now. And, uh, Teresa, when you, when you look at uh, the legacy of coaching greats, and you see guys like Bill Belichick out there yesterday and Vince Lombardi, and you just talked about Fisher, and we talked about Andy Reid. I, I, I think he's going to eventually, Andy Reid's name is going to be etched him because we don't know how much longer he's going to go. True. And he may win more Super Bowls. And you look at this team, they look like they're set up with a young quarterback to win more. Could we potentially be seeing a new dynasty, it's difficult, and I know you're not going to have a Patriot-like dynasty, but could Mahomes and Reed be sort of a Belichick-Brady uh, 2.0? A version of that, because uh, let's face it, Mahomes said last night, I hope he sticks around for a while. Yeah. He wants to stick and play with 61 years Reed. old, right? So Ex- he can... Yeah, I mean, look, you know, Nick Saban's in his, what, mid-60s? So, yeah. you know, and that's the thing. It may not be a Patriot-like, you know, we're, we're not, probably never, ever going to see another franchise in any sport have the kind of tenure that those two had together. But in this at this day and age, if you can get another Super Bowl, two more Super Bowl appearances, get another win, I, that would count as a modern-day dynasty. 
Uh, before we wrap up with uh, some fun stuff, you have either of you have any final football thoughts on the Super Bowl? I'll just say this. I thought it was fun. And, and having seen and what, being on the AFC side covering the Titans in Nashville, having seen what they did to the Houston Texans, then to do it against the Titans, and then to see uh, – that's why I thought they would have a chance. I had picked the Chiefs to win this Super Bowl. And then – but the history. I mean, that's what yeah. was really cool. The first team to trail by 10 or more points in each of the three games and come out and win, that was something that – you know, it's going to be tough to forget. Dennis? I, I think – uh, the 49ers look like they could be a good team moving forward, that this could be a, a team that could be the NFC representative for a few years to come. It all will come down to Jimmy Garoppolo and whether he can overcome this fail, second-half failure yeah. you know, and, um, and move forward. But um, I think there are a lot of questions on that side. As far as Kansas City, I mean, this is a team you know, like Teresa – was saying, you know, they could go yeah. far and they could keep going, you know, and because and, you have that quarterback, uh, you have the coach who now has a Super Bowl ring and you have other pieces. You have a Travis Kelsey, you have Tyreek Hill, you have those young wide receivers, Hardman, Thompson. So you have a nice core and then guys on defense also Tyron Matthew, you know, out there um, in the secondary and, and the, some of the guys up front. It, it, this this is a team that has those pieces that you saw New England kind of build around. It all comes down to the quarterback, and I think um, it's going to be hard for other teams in the AFC, like Houston, you know, Tennessee, teams yeah. like that that got far uh, this year to knock these guys off because now the Chiefs have tasted it, they've done it, and now let's see what happens from here. Well, Patrick Mahomes is going to get paid, and I believe <laughs> Patrick Mahomes deserves to be paid like he is the best quarterback in the NFL. And I don't know what those numbers are going to look like. Dak Prescott's got to get paid. But Patrick Mahomes, uh, his agent, Lee Steinberg, and I had a few conversations with him during the week on Radio <laughs> Row, saw him here uh, before the game. And he's going to – the start point for Patrick Mahomes is whatever the contract is for the highest paid quarterback in the NFL, and that's where you go, correct? Yeah, I mean, and look at him, Patrick Mahomes. Um who said anything bad about the kid himself as a person? The that's character. number one. Yes, yeah. that's number one. So you know you have a kid in there who is young. He's 24 years old, and and he sets the tone for the rest of that locker room. That's number one. He's the lead, He's been the league MVP. He's been the Super Bowl MVP. You just throw that out there, and it's like, okay, now what? What are you guys going to do? <laughs> exactly like, there's right. no there's like the negotiation from uh, Mahomes' side. You know, like here, you know that. You got to keep that guy, right? So make it happen. Make it happen. I'll just say this. The number that we heard being tossed around by Prescott's camp of $40 million, that seems like the neighborhood that they need to be talking about for Mahomes because one thing he said last night, Andy Reid is almost always there. He can never beat in Andy Reid to work. That tells me that's a quarterback trying to get in there to be the first in the building, and there's there's no drawbacks at this point about this kid. Character, performance, play, uh, he's delivering on all, across the across the board. Forty million sounds like an insane amount of it money. It does. How do you fit that in the NFL salary cap structure? It's going to be crazy. That's going to be their biggest challenge to having a long-term dynasty. No doubt, Teresa. Um, from your point of view, Dennis and I were sitting next to each other, and neither one of us got up during the halftime performance. I had my phone right up against there, and I was Facebook live in it. I actually didn't pay much attention to it. 
I, I just, I didn't, uh, but I was, I had to see it. Um, how magnificent was that halftime performance? Because everybody's talking about it. J-Lo and Shakira, they did their thing and, and, and they rocked it. It was fitting here in Miami. It was an awesome halftime show. I was standing. I was taking pictures. I, I loved every bit of it. I mean, Shakira's 43. J-Lo is 50. Um north of 50 uh so i just say props to them and and helping show what women can do i know there's some people who you know weren't that happy but there were also people who mistook the puerto rican flag for texas so oh, is uh, that right? exactly so it there's was all, an, there's always going to be people who aren't happy about things it was an incredible show the the energy i mean everybody that was in that stadium was enjoying it yeah i i thought it was just fitting Dennis uh you were you were watching right there with me I know you're still you're getting your story working on it but what'd you think you know it was fun you know and that's all you really want if hey if it were up to me it would be Metallica you know what I mean but <laughs> but you know that doesn't appeal to, oh, to we're everybody gonna go, if, if we're gonna if we're gonna uh put out anybody for next year um, I would like to see Elevation Worship or Hillsong, but that's just me. Yeah, so, I mean, everybody has their, <laughs> their, their, their thing, taste, but, right? but the thing is, the halftime show is supposed to be fun, and that's it, it, that 100% what that was. I like the cool thing with all the fans and the stands had the little wristwatches, and they, they were all synced up, and, and it lit up the whole stadium. It, it was a spectacle, it, you it know, was and it was cool. really cool. It was really yeah, cool. so, hey, you know, there was a lot of shaking, there was a lot of <laughs> dancing, and it, it was fun. That's hard to do. It's yeah. pretty Pretty impressive. I'll throw in KB, too. How about you, Teresa? You got any requests for the NFL maybe halftime next year? Foo Fighters, please. Come on. Foo Fighters. Foo Fighters. But, skillet. But that's... The- you like Skillet? I've seen them. You've seen, seen them live, yeah. They okay. opened for uh, Alterbridge. Nice. Uh, a couple of months ago. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Excellent band live. They're playing in New York in uh, March. Oh, yeah. Outstanding. I'll just say this. The, a year ago, the Atlanta halftime show was kind of criticized for squeezing in Maroon 5 and trying. Oh, it's like, yeah. why didn't you use more Atlanta musicians? Well, guess what? That was Miami last night. That it was, was. It was J-Lo. It was Shakira. It felt like, you know, being in Miami. I saw some people. It's like, wait, is this being dubbed into Spanish? And it's like, have you not been to South Florida in a while? Hello. This is, <laughs> this is an incredibly beautiful, vibrant community. And that was that halftime show. Well, Teresa Walker and Dennis Wazak, thank you both for joining me and safe travels back to Tennessee for you back to New York for you thank you Rob thanks so much Rob appreciate it guys thank you this podcast is presented by Regions Bank you're chasing your goals and it's up to you how you want to get there let Regions Bank coach you with financial tips that fit your everyday grind visit regions.com slash next hyphen step to learn more Regions, member FDIC. That wraps up our final episode of the Super Bowl edition of the AP Top 25 College Football Podcast. The off-season excitement starts now. I'm Rob Motti, reminding you, make a difference. Be a blessing. This podcast is presented by Regions Bank. You're chasing your goals, and it's up to you how you want to get there. Let Regions Bank coach you with financial tips that fit your everyday grind. Visit regions.com slash next hyphen step to learn more. Regions, member FDIC.